I wanted to like see actually how big it is because like the pictures make it look pretty fucking sizable. It's, it's like three feet across. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's fucking huge. I don't I have no idea what I'm going to do with it right now. I wanted to disassemble it temporarily, and then I'll have to put it back together when I get my own place again. But fuck me, it's big. It was big, yeah. So, <laughs> what? Your parents don't want a three foot bat wing hanging on Lego bat wing hanging on their wall? Yeah, hanging on. No, not particularly. So, <laughs> they have no no fucking taste. No, not no really. taste, Karen, who probably doesn't listen to us anymore. I have no idea anymore if she does or not. So and she's got enough shit to worry about right now, being a fucking nurse in COVID times. Yes, there is also that. So, uh, all right. Well, let's get going then. Uh, welcome back, listeners, to Dance Robot Dance. This is our two hundred and thirty second episode. Uh, I think our... so. I don't know. I keep saying the wrong fucking numbers when I host, so I don't know anymore. It's fine. Uh, of our weekly podcast where we talk about all things geeky and nerdy from a decidedly not safe for work point of view. Uh, I'm Tim coming to you from Toronto, Ontario. I'm going to be hosting this for sort of fucking nebulous in between Christmas and New Year's episode. Uh, and with me, I have Mark from St. Catharines. What's going on, everybody? Yeah, so, yeah, like I said, it's just like we- the weird times. Like I don't I'm not been out of work for like a week at this point i have like no idea what fucking day it is what time it is and going to bed at like 4 a.m and shit and welcome welcome to my everyday buddy welcome <laughs> to my everyday yeah don't know what day it is not sure what time it is <laughs> not really sure where i actually am i like getting this weekly confirmation that i'm back in st Catharines from you thank you there you go you're welcome that's nice i appreciate <laughs> that so all right, well, let's go into a little bit of news that we have this week because I mean, it's only been like, what, four or five days since we recorded last. And it's like, like I said, that weird week in between Christmas and New Year's where not a lot of PR departments are doing a whole hell of a lot right now. Nope. So I guess the biggest thing is uh, related to our meat of the episode this week. Wonder Woman 3 is getting fast tracked after uh, Wonder Woman 1984 did well for 2020, let's say. Uh, in terms of box office returns, like it did well in countries where theaters are able to open because they don't have like garbage fire leadership that, you know, and we're actually able to mostly stamp out COVID, at least on a temporary basis. So uh, and I mean, it did seem to have done pretty well in terms of uh, streaming and like uh, getting people to sign up for shit like HBO Max and that kind of thing over here. So. So yeah, we're getting another Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot and presumably Patty Jenkins again. Um, I don't think she is has a deal for a third movie yet, but sounds like she's attached anyways. Of course, why would they not have signed her up for... Never mind. You know what? WB, I understand. <laughs> never mind. Well, I mean, they announced her, but I don't know if that means that she has... I, I know she didn't have a deal for a sequel when she made the first movie. Yeah. And there was a whole thing about like her negotiating and like she mm-hmm. ended up negotiating like, you know, close to what, you know, sort of in the range of what uh, sort of male blockbuster directors make these days, uh, which is good for her. But yeah. hopefully she was... Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I'm talking my ass. I don't know. Maybe she had uh, negotiated a, a third movie in there as well. But anyways... On more, I can't really talk about this, but because uh, I haven't watched it. But there was a I, we can do a Tim reacts. Uh, there was a trailer for the Superman and Lois CW show uh, that oh. came out this uh, week. So I'm going to watch it right now. It's only a minute long. I've never seen it. So I, where is this? this is on io9? Uh, yeah, it's, it's if you just search like Superman and Lois on YouTube, you probably find it. It looks like it, they're very much trying to play with like the legacy of the 
and family of the characters kind of thing, which is cool. I mean, I like that idea of like the Superman and Lois that have been around for a while and have an established relationship. That's what I think is funny because he looks, they look like brother and sister and he looks a lot younger than her. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't, can't argue with that. Um, is that Elizabeth Tulloch? Yeah. Is, looks like an older Lois Lane for sure. Um, Which is fine. It's just like he look, but they look so close. Like they actually look like, it looks like, yeah. so she's very much channeling that like uh Margot Kidder, uh, yeah. one or uh, Lois Lane. So, yeah, I mean, trailer doesn't really give us a whole lot, but I'm going to watch that series regardless. I just freed up some time on my viewing schedule. Cause I finally finished Gotham, man, that they like the last episode. They did a Smallville where like the very last shot is like 10 years later in the, in the bat suit. It's a mm-hmm. terrible. Like, look up that bat suit because I know I've you seen have it. Opinions. It's so bad. Yeah, it's one of the worst ones it, I've ever seen. It's, actually, it's real. It's real bad. Like they they zoom in on it real quick because they don't want you to see that. Like, it's mostly fucking hockey pads and shit. I, I what I don't get is that like in a world where like every cosplayer on the planet has like some of the nicest bat suits I've ever seen, like <laughs> ever. Why do you not just get one of those guys to come in and like? rig yeah. the suit up you know what i mean because like yeah. they would be so thrilled to do it and probably do a spectacular job but no let's do hockey i mean yeah you know whatever yeah this this looks this is like it's one of those like non-trailers where he's just like floating in front of special like terrible special effects so yeah i mean i don't really have anything too much i don't have much of an opinion on this the cw stuff anymore i'm just kind of like i'm over it so yeah and then uh, there's a lot of the news this week is DC stuff. Cause uh, there's further developments in the kind of like justice league movie saga. Cause Ray Fisher has now like said, he's never going to make another Warner brothers movie. As long as Walter Hamada, who is the CEO of Warner brothers studios is in charge is in that position. Basically it sounds like they like tried to kind of do a hit piece on him and he was not happy about that. And so, yeah, man, this is just a fucking mess at this point. Yeah, I have no particular, like, I'm not, I mean, obviously I'm not on WB side because I'm very rarely on WB side most of the time, but. Uh, at least oof. not this decade. Not, the, yeah, not, yeah. not since uh, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, not since they had Nolan. I mean, like, and now even Nolan's against them. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's going to be making movies for Warner pretty soon. So, like. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're burning a lot of bridges right now. It sure seems. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And like a lot, there's, there's some, there's a lot of talk about like the executive and like even Jeff Johns and stuff the last couple of weeks. And we're just like, oh man, yeah. it's time to clean fucking house boys. Cause like everything that comes out of Warner sounds like shit all the time. Yeah. <sighs> and like, that was a new, like that Walter Hamada guy was a new guy too. Like they, yeah. he's only been there for like a, maybe a couple of years or something like that. And like people are saying, oh, maybe this guy will come in and kind of fucking get their house in order. And clearly has not done that. No, not at all. So. Especially not given what we watched this week. So, mm-hmm. and then the last thing I have is uh, not DC related, but is Star Trek related. We learned this week that uh, James Doohan's ashes apparently got aboard the international were smuggled aboard the International Space Station by like a private astronaut, and now they, he's just his his ashes are just like spinning around the Earth. Well, that's I, I feel like that's appropriate. That's where Scotty's ashes should be. Yeah, Probably. I mean, I guess it was like kind of one of his final wishes was that like his ashes would get into space kind of thing. And they're in orbit. So that's kind of that's closer. It's close. It's space. close. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you just slowly but surely inch him out as we inch ourselves out of, you know, <laughs> what I mean? orbital space or whatever. But, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. So apparently yeah. they they went up in uh, 2012. Okay. So and has been up there since then. So yeah. And then it was like, you know, they they just wanted to keep it quiet because they weren't supposed to do it. And eventually they were just like, nobody can do anything now. They're up there. So <laughs> he's just like, I think sitting under a cedar cushion or some shit like that. That's fine. <laughs> Spinning around the earth. It's still weird fucking story. That's fine. That's maybe, where he wants to be. So there maybe, you go. Well, maybe at some point, like when they're doing a spacewalk, you know, they'll take his ashes out with them and just like scatter just, them. J- yeah. Just like throw them out <laughs> into the yeah. rest of space kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they will achieve escape velocity that way, but eh. <laughs> get stuck in orbit. Probably really put them in a gun or something. <laughs> yeah. Fire them into space. That was everything that I had. Did I miss anything? I said no. No, just we had, we had a weird death in in wrestling this week. Where oh, one of the, like yeah, John Huber, who was Brody Lee in AEW and Luke Harper in WWE, passed away unexpectedly. Uh, very unexpectedly, he was forty one. So mm-hmm. it's always fun hearing guys like in our age bracket like just passing unexpectedly. I'm like, oh yeah, that comforts Ooh. my. So um, and especially a guy like he's just like huge, six foot eight. Rob Bone pro wrestler who's in like prime of his life kind of thing, like super good shape. Yeah, but I mean like that sort of shit is also pretty hard on your fucking heart. Right? It is. It <laughs> is. But it was a it was like a sudden pulmonary thing, like not COVID yeah. related apparently, also, but like either way. But it was just like a, a shocking thing because he was on TV like a couple weeks ago. So and it just goes to show you don't want to work out too much. Yeah. Well, your fucking heart can just give out. Yeah, I guess there's that too. We're gonna go the Donald Trump route and just be like, you only have so much energy in a lifetime to expel, so stay there. <laughs> and don't expend too much. I can't, I can't stay with a straight face. It's so fucking dumb. <laughs> oh, oh god. Oh, I was just thinking, like, you know, three weeks from now, we just won't have to worry about that asshole ever again at least until he runs for re-election we could just make jokes about him again yeah you know exactly I mean? before we just made jokes about him being we a can fucking still talk, idiot yeah we can talk about him but you won't have any fucking power yeah oh, <laughs> so it won't be wait. won't be as terrifying <laughs> yeah i can't wait yeah all right well with that we can move on to our geek of the week geek of the week which is our segment where we describe the nerdiest things we've done in the past week or so so mark what is your geek of the week well, uh, today, with something we missed in the news, apparently Transformers Earthrise just plopped onto Netflix oh, yeah. today and, like, didn't tell anybody. So I, I looked, actually, that was the release date, and I'm sure we must have mentioned at some I'm point. I'm sure. I, that's I don't, the release date. I don't but know. I think we were I, just so underwhelmed by the first season. They were just like, maybe. put that out of our head entirely. I don't know. I just never, I didn't say anything about it until, like, today, somebody was, like, on Reddit, and it was like, hey, did anybody else watch the new Transformers thing today? And I was like, huh. <laughs> interesting what's well, like one of this like even netflix who knows that i've i watched the first uh yeah, the first I go digging for, for cybertron twice should yeah. be telling me like hey the second season of that is here like i get notifications about yeah. like shows i've expressed no fucking interest in whatsoever i get those fucking emails for movies that like somebody else on the account's watching so i'm like <laughs> i have no interest in that fuck off they didn't even but yeah even when i logged into netflix to watch it it wasn't on the front screen and you would think like i've watched it three times now like you know the first one like come on you you'd think this would be yeah. something they would like let me know is happening but either way like yeah, when you messaged me, I like checked my phone and I saw I had a Netflix notification. I was like, oh, surely this is Netflix telling me that the <laughs> second season dropped today. And it was like, Bridgerton is now available on yeah. fucking on trans on Netflix. I was like, what the fuck is Bridgerton? Isn't that the new John isn't that the new tenant? 
apparently it is David but Tennant? yeah Sh- show? but like okay. not something i have any interest in whatsoever i guess well i mean this, he probably watched like an episode of doctor who on netflix and it's like <laughs> well you like david Tennant, so there it i is. did watch jessica jones on netflix so maybe there you go yes there you go yeah uh, even those are hard to find now. i had to go digging around for that but yeah i had to go yeah. digging around for transformers today which was a little like just felt off-putting really i was like this is really weird why are they this is your yeah, why show. Is why would you not like, on your front page? It's an ex- it's a Netflix exclusive. And like, especially for me, like this should be recommended at the top of my screen because I watched <laughs> the last season and yeah. like two, like three times. I watched it three times. So Netflix, uh, get your fucking algorithm together. Yeah. Get your shit together, guys. <laughs> it was actually better than the last one. I liked it. I had a better time with it this time. Yeah. It's a little bit more action packed and like cool. It's weird. Weird characters show up. Like you get Scorpionock and Skylinks is in there. And as someone that had a has still has a Scorpionock. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. And he's still from Nebulon and stuff like that. It's not like he's like just a random Cybertronian or whatever. So he's there still have that backstory going on. But yeah, like weirdly Skylinks is in it. And then like, there's a, like spoilers. I think it's all in the promo stuff, but like you see Galvatron and stuff like that. I don't like the headpiece, but like yeah, Galvatron's in there and stuff. So I was like, this is cool. It moves a little bit more briskly than the last one. It's not as like there's a lot of talking it's still, it's, but it's not doesn't feel as plotting this time. There's, there's more shit going on. So okay. I don't know. Quintessons and stuff are around. It's kind of neat. So yeah, I didn't go. I had yeah, a good like Quintessons were in the last one, right? When we they were like yeah, I guess around uh, those Omega Supreme scenes. I think involved. The yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. But there's more like you. Know, there's actively a Quintesson character now and stuff like yeah. that. So I was like, all right, cool. We're on board. I'm on board. Um, I wish there was a little bit more of it. Like it's one of those like, oh, we're six and out or whatever kind of thing. I don't know. I watched it all in one sitting. I have no idea how many episodes there were. It took about <laughs> two and a half hours to get through. Yeah, the first one was three long episodes, right? I think. So maybe this one's the same. Maybe something like that. Either way, I had fun with it. I mean, it's only going to take up an afternoon, basically, yeah. if you're going to watch it. So. Uh, but yeah, I had, like I said, I had a good time with it. Always nice seeing Galvatron and stuff. I don't know. You don't see him yeah. shit anymore. So yeah, fair. fair enough. My Geek of the Week, spinning out of my Geek of the Week from last week, Alicia and I spent a good chunk of time this these past few days uh, setting up all of our like old consoles, connecting them to our entertainment center using like the, the little retro tank that she got me for Christmas. So, so far we've got the SNES, the N64, and the NES. Oh, NES and the, uh, just as of today, uh, Genesis all hooked up through it. So we've been playing, like she's been playing like Super Mario World because just because she's like been kind of trying to familiarize herself with the SNES controls because she never had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she wanted to play something that she wasn't as invested in before she starts playing Zelda on it. Okay. Mario World is like my favorite Mario. So like, she can't tell me she hates that one. Is basically what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> it's fun. It's uh, Mario World is the best. It's so much fun. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's you know compared to like ones that we've played over and over again like Mario three and shit like that. I I played, I mean I've played like Mario World here and there, but my mm-hmm. Mario's were always like the Game Boy Mario's like uh, Super okay. Mario Land one and two uh, were the ones that I played like over and over. Yeah, we were we're we're big console gamers in this house, so like we always had always then in Nintendo specifically like that was what we started with, and every whenever they put one out, Paul and I both end up grabbing whatever the nintendo is at that point but i bought them all like i fucking i have a gamecube i have wii i have a wii u i have like every single one yeah so yeah Yeah, super nintendo mario world's the best the best (laughs) yeah we also hooked up our wii u the only thing that uh we haven't 
been able to like fully hook up yet is the Wii because Alicia got us like an upsampler to 1080, but it's not mm. working right. So like we okay. could hook it up. It would just be like in the 480p or whatever. Yeah. We'd rather get it up to HD quality. So that'll come. But I mean, either way with the Wii U, we can play any Wii games on there anyway. So yeah. Yeah, it's the one console we don't really like need to have hooked up in order to play shit. So, but yeah, it's been fun. And the the Retro Tank has like a couple of different settings in terms of display. So there's one or there's one that just kind of shows it like pretty blocky. There's one where there's like lines in between everything, and I don't know why you'd play that Scan one. Scan lines. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like the you know if you were playing it on a smaller screen or something like that you would have that on i don't know and then there's one that actually does some smoothing which for like 16-bit and 32-bit consoles looks pretty good so yeah it's been fun just to fuck around with that and revisiting some classics and shit and i've been wanting to get those old consoles hooked up for ages some of them like we actually uh alicia had to take apart the nes yeah i saw her instagram stuff this week looked like fun little console surgery yeah yeah in there Especially on the NES, like I've done that to so many NESs at this point, just because the contacts get all fucking exactly. And that was just it. Like they were really, it was I think one that they were getting a little warped, but more than that, that they were just like there was some like tarnish on them, so Mm -hmm. she just had to like clean them off and get right in there to clean them off so that we that it would recognize cartridges a little better. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Uh, with that, we can move on to our. Meat of the episode, Neon Cheetah Meat. (laughs) Because this week we are talking about like the only major comic book movie to be released in 2020. No, wrong. Well, I don't really think you can count New Mutants. Uh, Harley Quinn. Oh, shit. I keep fucking forgetting. We talked about that like last week. Okay, since, since COVID. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the first major comic book movie release since the pandemic started. I was because we were talking, we were literally talking about it last week. That I had to think about it because I was like, "Wait, did we watch Harley Quinn?" And yeah, it was the last movie I bought tickets for in the Cineplex app. Yeah, and yeah. it was Harley Quinn, and I was like, "Oh yeah," because I saw a bunch of movies right at the beginning of the year, and then like COVID happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, this is a movie that has been just delayed and delayed and delayed, and finally got dumped on streaming services and also released in theaters uh, where it was possible for it to be released in theaters for instance in the u.s because apparently they don't care that you know to have people fucking sit in a theater right next to each other without masks on for two hours two and a half hours two and, Tim. Two and a half hours probably closer to three by the time like you got previews in front of this yeah thing too, so. this thing this would be a fucking sit in theaters so yeah. So, yeah, we watched Wonder Woman 84 on our home theater systems because we're not going to any fucking movie theaters right now. I don't think we can. We're in lockdown, basically, in southern Ontario now. So, like, we couldn't go. All closed down. Yeah. What what were your thoughts on your uh, sort of top level thoughts on Wonder Woman 84? Boo, 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 boo. I was really annoyed by how bad this movie was the first (laughs) night I watched it. I got to be honest with you. I was, like, upset. I was like, man, you had an extra year to edit this, and this is what we got. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And like the effects and shit. I was like, oh, this. I was not happy. I softened a little bit on rewatch, but like not a lot, um, because a lot of those problems that you get on the first viewing are even more glaringly apparent when you, and you rewatch know it. Yeah, and you know they're coming also in the uh, the second time through. So. <sighs> 
not my favorite. I didn't actually was thinking about that before we even started doing this. I was like, I should grab all the titles of these DCEU movies and rank them because I don't know where this would fall because I hate all of these movies basically. <laughs> um, except for like Aquaman and Shazam, I think at this point. So like, Oh, rough. Actually, no, I liked, I liked Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn was good. Mm-hmm. I had a good time with that. I like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn though. So, yeah, I think this yeah, this sits in the la- the, the bottom half for oh, sure. It's, I mean, yeah, it's it'd be in the bottom half for sure, but I don't like it, For me it was it was just fine. It was yeah. it was okay. not great. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I had fun with it with parts of it. Uh, but definitely had some significant issues with it plot wise in particular. And it felt it was uneven and it felt unfinished to me in a number of different ways. There were a number of things where I was like, this needed like another pass or like the, the plot, like the, the script needed one more pass. The, it needed one more pass through the editing room shit like that. The first thing I wrote, like the, like the first big thing I wrote after watching it was like, who ed like, is this is a work print. This is not a finished movie because <laughs> yeah. like the effects are unfinished and or the look unfinished to me. Sorry. And then like the edits, a hot mess and like, yeah, the script. And then like even worse than that, like you can tell the script needed another pass. Cause there's a couple spots like, and I'll point them out where I was like, that should have been completely written out. Cause there's the, these scenes don't need, like these scenes are so easy to make more streamlined and you're cutting chunks of bullshit out of the movie. But like, Anyway, it was a a very frustrating watch for me the first time through. Yeah, yeah, I can. I've only watched it once uh, through, so I don't know if it would on a rewatch for me, but I'm not in in a big rush. uh, I I really wasn't, but I actually ended up watching both movies yesterday. So I watched Wonder Woman 2017 and then Mm. watched this again. So like I hadn't seen Wonder Woman 2000, like the, the first one since... I want to say theaters. Like I hadn't watched it in a long time. Mm. Maybe I watched it when it came out on home video, but even that it's up for debate, but it's not even comparing the two movies. Like, yeah, the, the third, the first one falls apart in the third act, like crazy, but like this one's fallen apart by like the middle of the fucking first goddamn scene. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, all right, here we go. What? I, so. I liked the, I liked the uh, Themyscira sequence. That makes opening. no fucking difference to the rest of the movie. It doesn't even need to be there. You doesn't no, even does. have to be there. Why? It's because Diana takes a shortcut, and she gets and she's and she's punished for it. And that's what she does with wishing Steve back. But it barely. So tracks. It's, a, it's a lesson. Like it barely tracks, though. You know what I mean? Mm. Barely tracks. I don't know. I was yeah. I just <laughs> felt like it was there so they could get Robert Wright Penn in the fucking movie again. Yeah, well, I mean, the the shots of Themyscira and the Amazons in the first movie were some of the best shots in the movie for sure. Oh yeah, um, and and I think I think it was here too. Like that opening shot on Themyscira with like the contests and everything was beautifully shot. It was a lot of fun. It was. I mean, the problem is it just fucking peaked too early. Like I think that's probably the best put together sequence in the movie, action wise. Yes. Uh, yeah, because everything, every every sequence. Do we want to go through the plot or like, what do we want to do here? Do we want to oh, yeah. start yeah. picking Mark, at it? Yeah. No, we Mark, I'll start picking tell me at it. Mark, right. what is the plot of Wonder Woman 1984? Oh, this is a bad one. I, I wrote it out. Cause like, I don't fucking know. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, it's two pages of me just ranting basically. So like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. So it opens on a flashback to Themyscira, which is almost the only time we see Robert Wright Penn and the actress who plays the mom. Also, I can never Connie, remember her name. Connie Nielsen. Connie Nielsen. Hippolyta. 
Yeah, that's the only time we see these two ladies. I'm assuming they were contracted and they needed to jam this scene in there. So here we are right. doing Themyscira. Um, it looks cool. She cheats. See, the problem was like I didn't know she was cheating until like the very end. You know what I mean? Like the scene's well, written missed, funny. She missed the the one uh, checkpoint. Okay, is that what is that what's yeah. supposed to tell me that? Because yeah. like it, it's not super clear that she's cheating until like Robin Wright Penn like tells Grabs her she's her. Yeah. fucking cheating. Or Robin Wright. I don't. Know, I want to keep saying she takes a shortcut basically. Yeah, when she, she takes shouldn't. a shortcut when she shouldn't. But like you're not really told that until like you're told that afterwards. So it's like you're with her. And you're like, oh great, she won. But I wait, oh no, she time. cheated. Either way, fine, <laughs> fine. Either way, so she has to learn her lesson, and the little girl who plays her is pretty good and cries. We move open next on to 1984. Yay. Uh, <laughs> on a street where some dude's watching a Max Lord commercial where Max Lord is talking about it's um, Pedro Pascal's Max Lord. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to basically call him a bunch of different names tonight because <laughs> whatever. I basically I mostly just call him Mando <laughs> from what I've noticed in here. This is the only time where it feels super 80s to me also is this opening sequence. Like everything else is like it could be any other time in the history of the earth. <laughs> but like this is the only time where you get like that real like it's hard 80s like we're watching they VCRs and like you're in the mall in that, yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. Well, the only problem with that though is like there's no 80s music in this movie. Like they didn't pay for any of it. The, like they used the, the song like they used Blue Monday in the trailer. But there's no 80s music in this movie at all. There, there. Well, there is, but it's just not. It's not like featured in the way. It's that, weird. Like, like you would think for something like a movie called Wonder yeah. Woman, nineteen eighty four, you'd be like, hey, let's lean into this eighties and have some, the soundtrack be cool because like everybody's into eighties music all the time. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, but, like, like, look, at, like, look at like Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Like yeah. they had an opportunity to make like a stellar fucking eighty soundtrack, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep, and totally missed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I was like, that's, this is all really weird to me, but either way. So Wonder Woman zipping around town, saving unobservant pedestrians, and then stopping at the Stranger Things mall to stop a robbery in which a kid gets dangled over a ledge. Everyone and their mother see what sees Wonder Woman plain as day, even though I'm pretty sure she's supposed to be in hiding at this point. I know. That's a fucking like, huge plot hole. But either way, whatever. So if they dangle the kid over the ledge and Wonder Woman takes them all out and it's cute because she has the little winky thing with the cute little girl and all that kind of stuff and good times. It's like almost yeah. like a Chris Reeve Superman bit. Almost. You know what I mean? Either way, the actors, though, are like brutally overacting. It's like Sam Raimi Spider-Man levels <laughs> of overacting from the guys who are doing the robbery. There's a lot of camp here. Yeah, there's a lot of camp stuff going on here. So I'm like, whatever. But I guess like, I didn't. I caught him the second time through. They were stealing the artifact that this whole movie ends up being about, because that's the FBI grabs them because of Wonder Woman, and that's where all this stuff goes. Ends up at the museum. Mm-hmm. That's where it all starts here. I didn't pick up on that the first time I was watching. I just assumed it was just some random bank robbery. Oh, yeah. she was you know, talking. yeah, because it was all they, they were doing, running like a black market, uh, yeah. like antique ring uh, out of their the back of their fucking like. Uh, you know, as as every mall fucking jewelry store did in the eighties. I just, I guess, you know, <laughs> like that seems like some shit that, like, you know, some seedy fucking pawn shop would run out of the back, not a fucking jewelry store in you know the Eaton Center in Toronto, in Washington. Shit. Yeah, it's Washington D.C. <laughs> yeah. It looks like it looks like it was shot in Toronto, but I don't think it was. Um, and this is another Atlanta movie, actually. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, fine. All of this is fine. It's fun. You know what I mean? We get to see Wonder Woman in action. She's great. Gal Gadot is as charming. No, it, was. it was filmed in D.C. Was it? Oh, yeah. Look at that. D.C. and Nord- Northern Virginia. Yeah, either way. It's fine. 
Good. So we find out after that that uh, Diana Prince lives in a decent apartment in Washington, D.C. in 1984 and is working as the world's most beautiful anthropologist. <laughs> her apartment is basically, we do a nice flowing shot of her wandering around her apartment and we see nothing but kitsch from World War One because it's 60 years later and she's still not over Chris Pine. And uh, we'll talk about that more. Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. Gotta yeah. <laughs> I gotta call him Captain Kirk a lot tonight. So there's let's let's get ready for Mark doesn't give a shit what I call people while I'm doing <laughs> reviewing terrible movies. So either way, there's a sad scene where one woman eats alone because in this world, you know, she can't get over Steve Trevor and uh no man has ever been as impressive to her. Makes me feel kind of shitty as a dude that like no dude <laughs> in a hundred years has been worth Wonder Woman's time. But all right. I can live with that. I mean, like there was a lot of that, like post World War II, like that whole like masculinity, like I fought in the war. I'm a war hero, therefore automatically better than everybody else kind of thing. You know, it's, it's the whole it's the whole greatest generation syndrome, right? Yeah, I guess she's just never aged. So like it, they, she, she, I'm still thinking of her as a 30 year old when really I should be thinking of her like a grandmother at this point. Yeah. Basically. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the little the little shot of Etta Candy in one of the yeah. in one of the uh, pictures like old out of candy. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that was cute. Yeah. So finally we're introduced to Kristen Wiig. Um she does the nerd drops their shit in the middle of the hall and no one helps them comedy uh, shtick from like every Ghostbusters movie she's been in or whatever the fuck cuz this is like from the first part of this just feels like her performance in Ghostbusters 2016. It also she feels like Jamie Foxx in Amazing Spider-Man 2. It, yeah, there's a lot of um, every Jamie other Fox. time that they've done this trope. Michelle Pfeiffer. Movie. Yeah. Catwoman. Yeah. The the mousy yeah. glasses wallflower and it's always, shrinking yeah. violet kinda. and then as soon as as soon as the glasses come off and the hair gets straight oh my god how hot is oh, she yeah. oh, it's right not the hair gets straight the hair comes down like it's no yeah. longer pinned whatever and, yeah. whatever <laughs> the, the, the she's all that thing yeah oh yeah exactly right <laughs> what was that girl's name robin something who oh no, uh, the, she's all that I don't remember because there's a model who's actually named that also now. And I can't remember. I can never remember what, what it is either way. Unnecessary for me to remember right now. So either way. Yeah. We, so we meet, this is the, this scene that's so fucking awkward to me. Um, so like Kristen Wiig is introduced. She does the nerd drop of all her shit. And then like Diana Prince comes in and helps her. And then like Kristen Wiig starts to hit on Diana. And then her boss like walks up and is like, I forgot I met you. Like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. And then it's like, I need you to, go do this thing because the FBI is going to drop some stuff off later. And everybody is like, okay, I'll see you later. And then like the end of the scene. And then the next scene is Diana walking in after the FBI has dropped all the shit off as opposed to just like Diana and Barbara bounce into each other. And then the boss comes over, doesn't remember her. And is like, Oh wait, well, I was looking for you. We need to go to the FBI stuff and then just have them all walk there together at once and have continuity of scene as opposed to doing a weird cut yeah. and doing this. Like Diana walks in. Also, does Diana work? What does she do? She's like, she comes in late later in the movie, just kind of wanders around looking like Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah. They like, never show her actually doing whatever does nothing. she does at the, she makes awkward conversation with people basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's really weird. But yeah, so that whole scene, I was like, this scene's fucking terrible. And like the boss forgetting who she was, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is, we're we doing like slapstick Sony comedies circa 2006 now. Like, yeah. that's where we're at. This is terrible. Like, <laughs> terrible horse shit. Like, that should have gone, gone. Anyway, where are we at here? I don't even know. It's just where it starts getting all fuckity fucked. Right. So at this point, yeah, Diana and Barbara go for lunch and 
like Diane is more awkward than she is. So this whole scene reads weird all of a sudden to me. Did you not find like Gal Gadot yeah, super well, stilted while she's doing her delivery? And it's just like, wow, you're as awkward. Because like they'd even do the fucking terrible thing where they start the scene with Gal Gadot laughing about the joke we didn't hear. And she says, ha ha, you're so funny. I was like, who wrote this? This is garbage. Like hot garbage. That's what yeah, you put in there as a placeholder and then come back and put a joke in. So that at least Kristen Wiig gets to be fucking funny. She's never funny in this movie. Oh, anyway. Oh, uh, so she tells Barbara about Steve Trevor, and that's her great love, but doesn't get into too many specifics, even though I think it is, is this the point where like she's made the wish already? Uh, I, I think she, they, yes. I, at some point she's she in the has. office and she makes the wish because you see her hair blow or whatever, yeah, yeah. and yeah, you see the she, clock starts ticking it. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, this movie, fuck. It's like a fever dream. <laughs> So, like, now the watch is ticking. We've had awkward improv chat. Um, she tells her about Steve. Also, I think she knew Steve for about a week. So this whole, like, being hung up on him for this long is just really throwing me <laughs> off. Either way. So Barbara leaves their dinner. And this is, again, one of these, like, these scenes have very weird continuity because Barbara's walking home, gets attempted rape, and then Diana, like, knocks the guy's, like, breaks his sternum and flings him across <laughs> yeah. the street. Like, but he'll be fine in a couple days. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Either way, Minerva wishes to be like Diana when she gets back to her office, because instead of going home after getting like assaulted, she goes back to her office and makes a wish to be like Diana. And then everybody sleeps because this is just a movie where we're going to have a little montage of everybody going to sleep that night. <laughs> so weird. Barbara wakes up the next morning in her office and now she's hot because she takes her dress off or whatever. And it's all of a sudden like Kristen Wiig, like attractive Kristen Wiig is suddenly surprised fucking Kristen Wiig attractive. I don't yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And then she, she's like limber and, and uh, agile and shit. Yeah. Avoids, like she can avoid some water that gets spilled in the hallway while she's wearing heels. Runs face first into Maxwell Lord in her office. And like, he's super charming and everybody loves Maxwell Lord, even though we, you know, no, you shouldn't he's not charming at all. No, he's, that's the problem. He's fucking obnoxious. Yeah. And like the only person who seems to realize it is Gal Gadot. <laughs> like, <laughs> everybody else is like he's so great and then she's like he's fucking what the fuck's wrong with this dude so either way where was i at here so now we've met maxwell lord and they go like she goes on a tour takes him on a tour and that's when diana wanders in like an hour or two late and just like starts talking to maxwell lord and that's the only time they really have any interaction before they're now arch nemesis for the rest of the movie arch nemesis whatever doesn't matter <laughs> the movie doesn't care i don't care so now max goes to his office, which is the weirdest office ever, because he walks into the really nice big palatial place, goes into an elevator, and then goes off to the side, and it's a dump. <laughs> all right. Well, it's all a front, right? Like, it's yeah. supposed to be like, he, you know, he talks a big game, but actually everything's fucking falling down around him. You know, he's Trump. It's I mean, yeah, I, I, I... Really? Yeah. You, did, are you sure you got that, Mark? <sighs> it was very subtle. Yeah. Yeah, smashed me right over the fucking head like a goddamn silver block. <laughs> Either way, it was all weird. So his kid's there because apparently it's his week to take his kid. His kid doesn't look anything like him. No, his like, kid looks like his kid looks Asian. His kid, what? well, his kid looks his kid looks like a like a little Latin kid, right? Because like Pedro Pascal is Latin American, I assume. Yeah. 
But he's clearly dyed his hair because he's trying to live the American dream. And he's so like done up like a white American that like when you yeah. see him with his very, very like Mexican looking son, it looks just it like they just like they hired him at fucking uh yeah. universal casting, basically. And just like <laughs> we need a kid. And here well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he looks like. Just bring him here. The first one that can yeah. he's scream his dark hair and uh, an off white complexion. He doesn't have to do anything except for run away from his dad while his dad screams Alistair at him constantly. Like, I swear to God, <laughs> the only character who's like, if I, these people weren't in comics, I wouldn't know who any of these characters' names were. But like the kid, you know, because Pedro Pascal yells his name 600 Constant. times in this fucking movie. <laughs> Either way, so he meets Simon Stagg, and this is like a deep cut DC thing, apparently. And I don't know exactly who Simon Stagg is. He's, he's uh, Metamorpho. He, he's the guy that's responsible for the creation of Metamorpho, basically. Okay, fair enough. He's that's another cool. like eccentric billionaire like inventor, but he's a sh- asshole one. There's so many of those in the DC. It's like yeah. it's like dropping pennies in the fucking street. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's one every three inches. Yeah, he's basically he's a Metamorpho supporting character. Which yeah, it was it was a decent Easter egg, but yeah. Doesn't really do you don't really do anything with it. You just say Simon Stagg and like DC nerds get all fucking hot and bothered, I guess. So there <laughs> you go. Either way, we cut back to Barbara. So Kristen Wiig has gone shopping and surprise, like attractive Kristen Wiig is attractive in a tight dress. This is fun. Gal Gadot. So they're, oh yes, Pedro Pascal is throwing a, a gala that they're all, they all have to attend now, even though Diana just said she wasn't going to attend. Now she's going to attend it and look like the most glorious model, like angel fallen from fucking earth, yeah. fallen to earth. Like in the history of time, ignoring every man that like <laughs> every dude that she sees yeah, tries to hit on her. She's just like, fuck this. Keeps that was walking. a decent bit. I like that bit because yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's like Gal Gadot. I, I mean, I'd at least try and say hello, I guess, yeah. if I saw her walking. Like, saw <laughs> and she like that would ignore you. And she'd ignore me and I'd be fine. <laughs> She's like ignoring men for 70 years. She's yeah. fucking fantastic at it. So either way, although this is where um, she meets up with White House guy that uh, Chekhov douches his way back at the end of the movie. Yeah. This guy shows back up, right? The one guy she talks to and acknowledges. There's a bit in here where Maxwell Lord's hitting on Kristen Wiig that's really fucking awkward and creepy to watch. It and is. then... He goes up to her office with her and it gets even more awkward and creeper until it it's implied he steals the rock. But apparently later she just let him have it. So, like, <laughs> I don't know why he was, like, hiding it behind his back and shit. I thought he was going to kill her with it. But then, like, she couldn't be cheetah if he did that. So what? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know why it. I'm trying to make sense of this fucking script when nobody else did is beyond me especially anything having to do with the dreamstone because it par- apparently has no rules whatsoever oh my no god no matter how many times they try and assign rules to it it's okay. just like yeah but we're gonna break this rule in five minutes so yeah either way so we're back at the gala here now random cgi protagonist like default cgi protagonist from like mass effect or like if you're doing a creative character at any random video game like that's what this guy looks like <laughs> runs up to diana and is like i'm steve trevor you have to believe me. And then like, he says two lines of dialogue from the last movie. And she's like, Oh my God, it's Steve Trevor. Now I see Chris Pine. <laughs> <laughs> Who fucking wrote this? I don't understand what's going on. They're like, Oh my God. And they passionately embrace. And they're also happy to have to see each other. And they go for a nice, beautiful romantic walk by the goddamn penis shaped thing in Washington. Um, <laughs> Lincoln Memorial. That's it. The Lincoln oh, no, Memorial. The Washington, Memorial. the Washington Memorial, whatever. No, the big one, the, the yeah, Washington Monument. Washington, Washington Monument. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the thick one and the reflecting pool. Yes. So they have this. They have this wonderful chat, and like he sees a plane, and it's very awe inspiring. And then they go fuck. Nobody even remotely thinks about the dude that he body jacked. <laughs> 
to get into this thing. So she just like yeah, what no, happens? No concern whatsoever for this dude who's like life. Dead now? They, yeah, whose life they just like he just subsumed. And then they make and... fun of him for like six scenes. It's so <laughs> awkward. This guy's such thinking, a piece like, of shit. Who, who cares that we took over his life? Exactly. Like they body jacked this dude and they spent 10 minutes making fun of him for being a douchebag. And I was like, what the fuck is going? Who wrote this? What is going on? This, she's supposed to be a superhero. This movie's supposed to be about hope. And she body jacked the dude. And what happens? She is super powerful, right? Like what's boning a soup like if she's not careful? She's never had sex before. She has an orgasm spasm and she breaks this guy's poor guy's dick. Steve Trevor <laughs> body just crushes his pelvis. Yeah. yeah. Dust. Steve Trevor body jumps back out. Original dudes in there. And he's like, what happened to my body? <laughs> my legs. Where are my legs? <laughs> and she doesn't know that he just had sex with Wonder Woman. And nobody knows who Wonder Woman is anyway. So it doesn't matter. But like, he's just now his dick's gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had, I yeah, I had that same this thing. Is, it was like, are you guys at no point going to like address nope. the fucking moral quandary? Nope. They just make just, fun of it. Just they literally like make fun of it. over this dude's life? Come on. They just make fun of him. I know. Like, and they rub your face. They're like stealing his shit and like dress, like making fun of his clothes and shit. Yeah, his apartment's, you know, messy <sighs> and shit like that. It's like, you don't know this fucking dude. Cut him some slack. Yeah, like you, you just stole his book. You stole his body, you prick. Like, yeah. cut the guy a Be fucking, fucking brick. at least. Yeah, he, he killed him. Where is he? This, is he dead while this is happening? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess he's just, like, suppressed. Maybe. Like, none of this. See, this is, it's terrible, this movie. Is. He takes Steve Trevor's, like, spot in whatever Hell? afterlife he was in, or... I'm yeah. assuming, like, he was a soldier. Like, did he go, they go to heaven, I guess, because he was a good guy? I don't know. I don't know what... <laughs> I mean, it's the DC universe. We know there's a heaven. I've seen the Justice League fight angels before. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, either way, oh, Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> All right. Now the movie just completely, this is where the movie, actually, and this is exactly the spot where the movie just goes right the fuck off the rails for me. And I'm like, I'm not in it anymore at all. <laughs> Although I will say, uh, Chris Pine and Gal Gadot's chemistry yeah. is just as good still here there. as it was in the last movie. Yep. She still looks like she's head over heels in love with him. I still kind of look at him like I'm head over heels in love with him. I mean, her, wait. Yeah, both. Whatever. Fine. It's fine. He's Everything. beautiful, too. Yeah, yeah he's great. Uh, I love Captain Kirk. He's so good. Anyway, <laughs> let's keep going on with this plot, because I'm sure there, I'm sure I can figure out where I was here. I think Max Lord is about to become the fucking yes. stone. So, like... So I wrote this all out so that I didn't do this. Yeah. So Pedro Pascal goes and like wishes that he was the stone. Yes. Either way. Yeah. This is like, he's, he's, like and he's overacting. You should not like, be allowed to this do. is one of those scenes where like he is shattering at yeah. the highest level, like just chomping on this. He may as well eat the stone halfway through this fucking scene. <laughs> he's so over the top. Yeah. But he wishes he, he was the dream stone, which I guess means from then on people can touch him and make wishes yeah great that's awesome just awesome either way Kristen, there's a there's a really weird shot where you walk see Kristen wig open her fridge and break the door on it and then it cuts back to like the main plot it's very strange <laughs> so this is where pedro pascal ha- finally has his revenge with simon stagg where he like gets him arrested by the fbi or for tax yeah, fraud or whatever yeah because simon stagg like wishes that wishes yeah something and then uh no, and this then, is, it all gets and then as a result 
now fucking Man- Mando gets to like take whatever he, Man- yeah. Mando, like fat Mando, I guess is basically what Pedro Pascal is playing. Here. Shitty dad gets, Mando. Yeah. <laughs> gets, gets to he's take a better dad. He's a better dad whatever. as a masked man in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago than he is in like 1984 DC comics, I guess. So he acts better with the fucking mask on. He does. He's better with the mask on. Yeah. He's better. He's a better physical actor with the fucking mask on it. There's a show, there's a scene later where like him and uh, Chris Pine are tussling, and I'm like, there's first of all, there's no way Steve Trevor should not be able to take this fucking putz down. You know what I mean? It should take yeah. like five seconds for a soldier to take this fucking yutz down. But also, Chris Pine is cut like fucking wood. You know what I mean? Like he's one of those like he's a Chris, well, right? The, he's even the, the dude's body that he's inhabiting is like a fucking gym rat, right? Like yeah, and he's just fucking big. They're like, look at the abs on this fucking guy. Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. So then he goes up to Pedro Pascal, who looks like he's put on six pounds since the end of Mandalorian or like 60 pounds since the end of Mandalorian. <laughs> exactly. He's like, <laughs> like he can't like, fight him. Oh, it's like he's trying to like, look like Trump in that fucking like tennis picture where he's got oh, short, shorts full of cottage cheese. Oh, that don't. <laughs> yeah. I saw that picture either way. <sighs> All right. So we then we cut to a, a cute scene of Steve Trevor getting dressed where this is where they again make fun of the guy whose body they just stole so that they could have sex. Awesome. You know, <sighs> although I will admit like so they go have a day and like Chris Pine's really good at looking amazed at stuff. Yeah. And they go to like the like space it. museum and like I like that bit where he gets to see like whatever. Yeah. And, and also like Diana getting to see the 80s through Steve's eyes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All, all of that was sweet. And yeah, but it's like the reverse of like what they did. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. In the first movie where like she gets to see the world for the first time and he's guiding her through it. And now she's guiding him yeah. through this new world, blah, blah, blah. It's all cute. Great. And they're like, again, they're so fucking adorable together. You like, you don't care. About, yeah. Like you're only kind of thinking about the fact that like he's possessing another man and using it to bone down with Wonder Woman and she has no problem with it. It's fine. It's cool. Anyway, so Pedro Pascal, now he's super in demand. I, I don't know why I kept writing Pedro Pascal. I think I like just saying it. I think it sounds fun <laughs> to say, as opposed to Mando. Uh, Mando is now super in demand. Uh, he makes his secretary wish for more help. Uh, he asked for vitamins, which is the first sign he's starting to like degrade from the wish, I think. Yeah. Uh, that, I hope that's what it's supposed to be. Otherwise, it's just a really random line where he asked for vitamins. <laughs> so to also, Barbara is the center of attention. She meets Diana and Steve to find the stone. Um, she tells them that Max took it or that she gave it to him. It's a weird scene where at, at the beginning of it, she's just sitting there like holding court and it goes on for like three minutes and then Diana and Steve walk in and it's like yeah. cut to the end of that scene where like they just walk in and everybody's laughing and she's like, oh, I'll talk to you in a minute. Oh, hey, Diana. Like, you know what? Why do we have to do this scene? Well, that was where she takes her glasses off. She's like, oh, I guess all this reading. Yeah, because Kristen Wiig's so fucking ugly with her without glasses, yeah. right? Like, oh, <sighs> anyway. I hate these movies so goddamn much. I got. I should have put this. Do what the problem is. I wrote all these notes and I didn't put any line breaks in it. It's just like stream of consciousness <laughs> me screaming. So now they got to go break into Max Lord's office. She has trouble with the lock because she's starting to weaken because Steve is back now. But they just walk in basically, like they have no problem. Like nobody sees them, nobody questions who they are. They just walk in and get the information they need, and because they find the ring from the stone which has the language of the gods in it, and she acts like she saw a ghost and blah blah. blah. So she calls Barbara to find out where the stone was found. She tells Steve that God's made the object of power to fuck with people. It's basically control without any of the style. So great. They then break into the Smithsonian, which has a fully functional and fuel jet along with a runway and air traffic control, which I don't think it actually does in real life. But here we are in the DC universe in 1984. Apparently the Smithsonian has a fucking launch pad for a fuel, fully fueled jet that also probably couldn't make that flight, but that's okay. 
because <laughs> it was fun to see it turn invisible. Yeah, they did that pretty well. Was it not daytime when they walked into the Smithsonian and like pitch black by the time they get outside into the? Just they went in the afternoon. Later, there was some some weird editing going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they take off in this jet that they've stolen that Diana has rendered invisible because you have to have an invisible jet in a Wonder Woman movie. Eventually, yeah, yeah, you have to do that. But they're off to Cairo to catch up with Pedro Pascal because Mando has somehow decided to go to Cairo to meet with some Sultan about oil because that's what he does. He's an oil wannabe oil magnate. Yeah. Not before they, you know, romantically fly through fireworks though, which is, a, it's nice. pretty yeah, nice, nice sequence. Like that's it. fine. So Barbara is off doing research and then, uh, she figures out something about the stone that she has to go tell Diana or whatever. And she blows past some cop and then she's walking down the street and her attempted rapist from earlier says something to her as she's running. And then she beats the shit out of him. And like the most satisfying scene I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, I'm I'm fine with am I wait. Is she yeah, supposed to be the villain? Because then they have her homeless buddy from earlier sees her and it's like, What did you do, Barbara? And she's like, Mind your own business. And I'm like, Yeah, motherfucker. He tried yeah. to rape her like <laughs> yesterday. I'm totally fine with her. Who I don't know who wrote this. It's fucking just a mess. Cause like <laughs> This makes her the hero of the movie to me at this point. Nobody else has done anything heroic at this point. Wonder Woman has stolen a man's body and a jet and a jet. So like <laughs> so far to me, she does the fucking hero of this movie. So it's either that or Max Lord's kid. I don't know. He's because he's on screen a lot. <sighs> okay. So now Max Lord meets with the Sultan. Uh, he wishes for his ancestral home to like his ancestral lands to be returned. And a wall suddenly appears sealing the border what all right uh, i mean it's 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 all fucking monkey's paw wishes right and, like, and his palace is so close to the border that he can see the border wall like shouldn't it be like way out in the never mind it doesn't matter right like it's, it's, uh i mean this is another like deep dc cut like bialia is the actual nation and it, that's another throwback to like the giffen and dematteis uh justice league it was like the little tiny mid-eastern middle eastern country that like all every terrorist in like the eighties in DC came from. So it was like this. So yeah, I, I guess it makes sense that it's like a little tiny nation, but if you didn't fucking know that, then yes, you'd be like, why, why does he live on the border? Yeah. That's basically what my question I was like, what the, I, I, I like, I know my DC lore, but most of it involves a bat guy. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I'm like, I don't care that much. Cause it doesn't have the bat guy in it. <laughs> the bat bat guy was in that, uh, that, that justice league. He punched guy Gardner. Oh, that's right. Le- legendarily. See, but like I've read that and like what I remember from that run of comics is uh, Batman punching Guy Gardner, not the name of the tiny. And Booster Blue. Booster Gold, you mean? Well, Booster Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Oh, like, like yeah. Oh, that's Booster like their Blue. ship name. Okay, fair enough. Ugh, all right. Ships ruin everything. Remember, we did that episode about it like 200 <laughs> episodes ago. Anyway. So the wall appears suddenly sealing the border. Diana and Steve just happen to drive by. Like, so Max Lord takes Sultan guys security, security with them. Yeah. yeah. And the, they're off in a motorcade that Diana and Steve just happen to drive by. Like coincidence upon coincidence just happen to be like, that's Max Lord as we're driving by in the middle of some <laughs> random country that we just flew to. And I swear they said it was Cairo, which is a big fucking city from what I understand. Well, he goes to Cairo and I think you're supposed to believe or like get from that, that Bialya is near like his next door to Cairo or something like they, they're Bialya is so small. It doesn't have an airport kind of thing. Stop apologizing for terrible movies. <laughs> I'm rationalizing. 
Not apologizing. <laughs> Stop rationalizing terrible <laughs> movies then. Uh, either way, they drive past this motorcade and we are into what is easily the worst action sequence of this movie. Yeah. This sequence is fucking terrible. It's kind of an homage to the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing, but like the effects are garbage throughout the entire fucking thing. Every shot looks like weird green screen or not finished compositing or yeah. floaty CGI or like the shot of the kids where like they hit clearly looks like she fucking like that kid's head smashed off the concrete when they (laughs) fell together. And I'm like, you didn't get a second take of that where the kid's head didn't look like it's fucking like a cracked egg on, on the surface. Now, like that kid's got a hematoma, (laughs) like the size of a goddamn iPhone on the top of his skull, but he's fine. He's walking it off. You know what I mean? Like, and when she picked them up, like it was, Oh my God, it's the worst shot I've ever seen. It looked like they had to like, like, force a clipping error to get them both into it was, her arm at the same time. It, it was so bad. And like the worst part was like, why are you doing this in slow motion? Cause you're just <laughs> drawing attention to the fact that it looks abysmal. It was, it was like worse than anything in justice league and justice league had digitally removed mustaches. <laughs> I was appalled at the, the special effects in this movie. Cause they're really fucking terrible. Well, they're just, they're again, they're uneven. Some of them are fucking fantastic. And then there's this garbage. The problem is though, and I think I wrote it, I wrote it in in my like criticism of the movie. It's that it, it's it's not like one sequence has like some fucky shit in it, and you're like, okay, that one sequence had some fucky shit in it. There's this sequence which is garbage from beginning to end, right? And then there's the cheetah fight at the end, which is not great either. And then the mall one at the beginning that's pretty floaty and kind of mediocre, right? Yeah. The problem is that like you've got these big set pieces, and there's shitty effects in all of them. Like some it's shots are fucking terrible. Yeah in all of them yeah. and it's just like you couldn't nail one down and then move on to the next one yeah. they they all just suck because of that so i was like that's it's, it was just frustrating for me because yeah. i'm like i know they can do these fucking things right the entire last movie has like there's no like no man's land scene which is one of the best action sequences of that year 2017 remember yeah. that sequence yeah, fantastic yeah. there's nothing that good in this movie even or even approaching like trying to be as good as that in this movie so yeah. and this one is the worst of the bunch like this thing with on the on the highway oh, terrible it's the for sure yeah yeah because she like there's a bunch of weird like continuity stuff where like she's thrown her rope and it seems like she's reached the end of it and then she's just got it again to be able to lasso it i'm like whoa continuity like crazy just going all over the place like sometimes the rope works like it's retractable which makes no fucking sense because it's just a goddamn rope so (laughs) sometimes it acts like a whip i don't know either way it's magic so like after this thing and she's gotten shot in the middle of this and like she's starting to lose her powers so we have to make sure we note that because it doesn't really matter because it doesn't affect anything anyway makes it harder for her to like fight cheetah later and shit does oh yeah in, at the white house it does white yeah that's right yes right okay so either way diana call, and this is again this is another one of these weird editing choices in this movie where like the writing's weird diana calls barbara on the phone and then like they tell the story about a bunch of civilizations ending and then she's like i'll meet you there but they're in cairo and barbara's back in washington dc and then in the next cut they've flown back to washington dc to meet with barbara <laughs> And they're all in the same outfits, and it's like everybody's fresh as a daisy, yeah. and it's like they didn't just fly for ten hours, like sixteen hour flight or some shit like that. So why have the why have the phone call scene? Why not just have her meet up with them when they get back to DC? There's no need for that phone call scene. Yeah, just get rid of it. We could have done all that exposition dump 
in the same scene and maybe cut it down a little bit because now we're going to do 20 minutes of exposition where we explain what this rock may or may not be able to do and may or may not have come from because nothing's definite and it's just a bunch of random shit that people are saying to make it sound spooky basically like this is a MacGuffin that I would have expected in like the Shazam movie you know what I mean yeah because it's just like there's no rules and it makes no fucking sense it's all magic yeah not this either way somehow diana and steve teleport back to fucking washington they read a bit so apparently also it's it's loki who made it it's the god of lies she says a couple times and it's like wait uh, you can't can you say loki in these movies he didn't she doesn't say loki obviously no, but i'm she, like she actually does say who it is uh, oh do they it's his name dolos or something like that yeah either way it, it should be loki if this were in the other universe is what i'm trying yeah. to say it's a trick basically like the trickster god kind of thing. and they just and even though that's whatever they're still not going to say loki because that would require them to acknowledge like quasi acknowledge marvel at that point because i don't think dc has their own version of like the the norse figures yeah they the do they they have them but they're just not used very much okay because like marvel's got like zeus and stuff like that that they use because they have hercules and this yeah. that and the other things so they have that the greek yeah. stuff yeah anyway uh they figure out that steve being there maybe is costing diana her powers and that lord is now the stone itself i have no real idea how like because she says it to her because she, she's like give me the stone while they're in the motorcade action sequence and he's like you're looking at it and she just deduces that he's made the wish to become the stone because she's an amazing detective wait no that's the guy with the bad ears anyway <laughs> i don't know and she hasn't even met him yet because he's about six at this point no actually no 84 that Batman was our age, 1981, I think they said, in, that, in, in Zack Snyder. So he's yeah. three right now. So great. He's still at home with his mom and dad, I guess, then at that point. They're not dead yet. The Waynes yeah. aren't dead yet. So I guess Bruce, because I was going to ask, do you think Bruce, like at that point, wished for his parents to come back from the grave when he got to make his wish in this universe? Yeah, but I guess no, they're not is, dead yet. Well, so I mean, but, but isn't this also like, you know, a few years after uh, the Joker, like shoots a fucking uh, night late show host or something? Oh, wait, that doesn't. That's, that's not, not this universe, that's though, of, is it? It's not part of this continuity, no. Yeah, but, like, the, the Ben Affleck stuff is in it continuity is. with this, yeah, because, like, we've no, seen her yeah. in those movies. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> <sighs> this is taking too long, you know what I mean? Like, we've been going, we've been doing this for too long. So. It's convoluted as shit, that's fucking They figure, I, I know, fuck, it's horrible. It's so bad. They figure out that Steve's being there is costing Diana powers, and Lord is now the stone somehow. Um, they need to stop him and rescind their wishes so that they don't, so that it doesn't cause their society to collapse, because apparently the stone is, like, involved in Rome and the Incas and all this shit collapsing, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Which we find out from that, like, fucking super cliched, like, hippie dude. Yeah, that was a well, weird, like, who was that guy? And why'd you not get somebody funnier? Because, like, that guy was <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So Lord mouths off to his kid and then starts rambling about conspiracy theories against him. It just sounds like, it's like, sounds like fucking Trump tweets as he's mm-hmm. talking. And then he starts granting wishes willy-nilly. Doesn't matter, whatever. He's just granting wishes. Tell us his kid how close he is to success kid wishes for his goodness i think this is where people people are like how many times did the kid get to wish i'm like i think this is the only time he actually does no because you see the wind later, go he wishes later that the that his dad would come back with him or whatever i don't think he gets his i don't think that wanted. wish gets granted though i, don't I think know. this is I don't the know. wish fucking barbara gets I don't know. two wishes so what the fuck no but that's him like redirecting the wishes the way he's redirecting them like the the consequence of the wish i think i think that's what they don't were trying to apply with that I'm, hey uh you're okay fine we can keep going because this is fucking garbage we still got like 28 pages of this shit to get through so whatever where are we at here 
Oh yeah, this is where they like randomly like they're talking about the consequences of them. They finally have a conversation about the consequences of him body jacking this dude, right? Yeah. Three hours later into the movie, <laughs> after he'd been like inside his body for like a, like a week at this point, and he's and that body's been inside her a couple times. I'm assuming, <laughs> you know what I mean. So like they've been doing some stuff, right? Blah 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 blah. Chaos happening in the streets. We see Linda Carter in the chicken armor flashback. Which is kind of neat, yeah. Because like he finds the the gold armor that like why like like de-aged Linda Carter. Again. Yeah, de-aged Linda Carter, which is awesome. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about her later. Lord gets somebody to wish that he could see the president, and then wishes gets somebody to wish that the traffic would be perfect. So he just gets to drive into the White House. Here's where the White House uh, douche trigger gets pulled because this is this is weird because they're in that weird monitoring room, and she just sees a car driving straight to the White House, and she's like, "That must be Max Lord." How do you know? Because he's the only one that has like. The control to make that shit happen, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Either way, so she goes to the White House with Steve Trevor, and a fucking action scene breaks out where Cheetah shows up, and Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor are trying to get to Maxwell Lord, and they kind of get him, and Steve Trevor fucking handcuffs him to himself, and somehow Maxwell Lord gets out of it. Because, like, whoa, that's what it was. Cheetah flings them apart. And instead of ripping one of their arms off because it's stainless fucking steel handcuffs, <laughs> the handcuffs break. break I'm, yeah. I was like, no, I think one of their arms is coming off first before that happens, actually, <laughs> if you use super strength in that way. But okay, it's fine. So they get in this big fight and like Diana's trying to save people. But like really at the end of the day, we're, the, she gets overpowered and Maxwell Lord escapes with Cheetah. It kind of looks like they escape separately, but then they end up on the same helicopter together anyway. So it's again, it's one of those weird scenes where like they send two people in two opposite directions. And then the next scene is a cut of them coming back together for no fucking reason. You're, it's just fucking dumb. You're skipping the part where like the reason they're going after Max and uh, oh, right. uh, Barbara is because Star Wars like, stuff. Well, they need to like renounce their wish so that their fucking civilization doesn't come crashing down. Yes. And like yes. Barbara figures out and she's like, no, fuck. No, I like having this power and so that's how she ends up on maxwell lord's side right and also uh while max is talking to the president he finds out about this satellite system that apparently uses particles to touch everybody while it's transmitting i hate it it so So, like my even i'm not even a scientist and i wanted to slip my wrist when i heard this so like i was like okay so this is what we're doing we're doing the guy gets on tv and grants wishes thing i'm pretty sure i've seen this before Anyway, <laughs> so fucking bad. Uh, anyway, so Steve Trevor and Diana Prince are leaving the White House after they've gotten the shit kicked out of them. And he starts telling her, like, you have to let me go or you won't be powerful enough to take them both on and all this other horse shit. And touching moment. And-, and they have a nice touching moment and they have their goodbye kiss. And he says something and she starts running away and you can see her healing up as he goes away because her powers are returning. Yeah, because she realizes that she'd taken a shortcut and that she was paying the price for it now. And that's back to the opening scene. That's the connection. Anyway, she learns how to fly, which we've (laughs) never seen her do before. And we never see her do again, apparently, which was awesome. Although I liked the scene and the cinematography was good for it. And she does. She can fly in the comics, so. Yeah, well, she can find. I I know she can find the comics. Obviously, yeah. it's just this one has like kind of nebulously been able to kind of fly, and then yeah. isn't able to fly, and is able, like, whatever. Any opportunity to look at Gal Gadot that close up, I'm not going to say no to. So there you go. Uh, where are we at here? Oh, right, because so she goes and flies around. This is really weird because she goes and flies around, and then has to double back to get her armor before she goes and fights everybody. 
Because she yeah. flies out of Washington, I would assume, and then has to fly back to Washington, <laughs> grab her armor, and then go oh, to shit. wherever they were flying. She's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I guess I should grab that armor. Although, like, if she's fully powered, why does she need the armor? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Barbara fucking, like, tears into that armor pretty hard. Yeah, but, like... Because it looks good. I guess it looks good. I don't know. I see. Does it look good, though? Like, I hate that chicken armor. Like, I was never a fan of the chicken armor. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I... I, I well, we need to do that Kingdom Come episode someday, but uh, we've done Kingdom Come, haven't we? No, we did Marvels. Oh, okay. We haven't actually done. Kingdom I'm sure, Come. we've done Kingdom Come. I we've like we haven't done like a full episode on it, but I like I pushed it as uh, okay. one of the limited series when we we did like recommendations of limited. Either way, we've been talking about this plot for an hour and seven minutes. We need to keep going. <laughs> this is fucking insane. So she shows up at this special place where Max Lord can use this special thing that can touch everybody. <sighs> And this is after like Mando has a scene with shitty Ghostbuster on the helicopter and he kind of like makes her more powerful and turns her into the Cheetah Cheetah, which I have a lot of questions about CGI on this thing because it doesn't even look like Kristen Wiig anymore. It's very strange. Uh, Also, we get riots on the streets, which I don't need to see again in 2020. Thank you. So let's not do that. In DC, no less. In DC, no less. Yeah. I was like, oh, are we probably like a couple weeks away from more too when he decides not to leave office or whatever. So at this point we get like goes fully mutated cheetah fight against wonder woman in her gold chicken armor. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's so goofy. So he's in there telling everybody to make wishes and they get into this brawl and <sighs> shit happens. There's a CGI cheetah that like at some points looks great. And then some points looks just fucking abysmal. Yeah. Sometimes it looks like Kristen wig is under makeup. Sometimes it looks like it's just like they built it over the random CGI model and they sometimes. never bothered to change it. Sometimes it looks like a cast off from the cats movie. And sometimes it looks like something from the cats movie. Yeah. It kind of looks like Taylor Swift for a little bit there. It's just great from the butthole cut. Yeah. Uh, yeah from the butthole cut. <laughs> Either way, it all ends. where like, they're in the water. And Diana realizes, that, like, wait, she's probably not invulnerable to electricity the way I am because I'm Zeus's daughter. And then she electrocutes her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Yeah. So that's the end of that action sequence. And the end of all the action in this movie, because now she's going to go in there and she makes a speech to Maxwell Lord about hope and dreams and being a better truth. person or truth or whatever. Sure. I don't know what it's about because she talks for 15 minutes. It makes no sense. And I, I had to rewatch that like three times. I, kept I did. Getting, I did too. I kept getting distracted by shit on my phone. <sighs> I did too. Just like, cause I couldn't, I, it doesn't actually make sense what she says to him yeah. either way. He's like, Oh, I'm not going to say anybody, blah, blah, blah. But she's like, Oh, I, it's too late. I already got you. Cause the lasso of truth is already around your foot. And that it's broadcasting to everybody who now billions of people who have wished on this guy are now all going to renounce their wishes. This is the least likely scenario in the history of the universe. This movie makes no fucking sense whatsoever. The reason why mostly is because there has to be somebody who's from the area that Pedro Pascal is living in, in this movie, who's seen him on TV every day doing those annoying commercials. And as soon as they heard him interrupt their broadcast was like, Oh great. I can, this guy can grant wishes. I wish he dropped fucking dead. (laughs) Didn't grant that wish, apparently. Or I wish he'd shut the fuck up. Well, you also, like, you get... Or I wish he'd never existed and I never wanted to see his face again. Yeah, apparently, like, he... When he 
embodies the dreamstone like he then gets to decide which wishes he grants and which he doesn't and shit like so that. i don't i but don't that, know man it makes no fucking thing. sense like no either way at, at some point the fucking like ridiculously stupid president of the united states wishes for more fucking nuclear missiles we missed that plot point while we were talking about the stupid white house fight yeah and now the nukes have all launched even though she's made her fascinating speech and then he renounces his wish and everything just disappears and goes back to normal yeah. And he goes and runs out and has a, a tearful reunion with Alistair. And I just yeah. want to point out, he has screams Alistair 65,000 <laughs> times in the scene. And I was like, by the time they got back together, I wanted to strangle Alistair with what little bit of plot thread was left on this movie. And the editing makes us think that like, that was like a minute later, but like yeah. he had to get on a fucking helicopter, fly back to DC from fly back to DC special base or whatever. Yeah. Alistair has been wandering in trap, like chaotic traffic for in like a riot. six hours in a riot and is yeah. still okay. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, uh, everything's great now. Everything's fucking hunky dory. Flash forward to Christmas time because we were in July. Now we flash forward to Christmas time. Diana learns finally to move on from Steve because she has a flirty exchange with the guy that she already fucked <laughs> while he was Steve. Whose dick has already been inside of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, I didn't. <laughs> you know, but you know, she doesn't mention that like the reason why his pelvic bone was bruised after that weekend was because he boned a super and like <laughs> while someone else was driving his body. I would never want to live in a comic book world, I just realized. Because like all of a sudden, like you'd wake up and it'd be like two weeks later and you'd be wanted by the FBI and you'd find out that you fucked Wonder Woman, but you don't have any memory of fucking Wonder Woman. You'd be like, what is yeah, the point of this? Stole, now I'm wanted a plane and I'm wanted. I'm wanted by the Federal Bureau of Investigation for fucking terrorist related charges while I was working with Wonder Woman. I apparently had sex with the most beautiful woman and on I, the planet and, and I have no fucking remember. memory. <laughs> I can't remember it. This is horse shit. I'm going to jail and I don't even remember. Anyway, and it's not even 2020 where there's like you know, eight, <laughs> eight different agencies that have video of me doing this because I'm constantly under surveillance from various oh like devices i guess that's the only way he gets away with it is like there's just not as much surveillance in 1984 as yeah. there would be in 2020 where his face would be fucking on tv his family would be calling him like why are you dating wonder woman like what's going on right because they'd see him on tv as she's he's following her around doing stuff not but it's 1984 so it doesn't really happen that way either way so she does the christopher reeve flyover yeah basically to end off for a little bit, we start credits. There's a the little post-credit scene after like the the fun credits, when we see Linda Carter as that character, Asteria. goddamn Asteria, saving some kid from a phone pole and then winking at the camera like it's Wonder Woman 1975 again. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> so, Mark, what did you actually like about this movie? Or, I ha- I'll I'll say I'll say what I like. You just talked a lot. <laughs> So I'll yeah. First. yeah, can I have a break? Yeah, <laughs> you can take a break. The action sequences were uneven, but when they were good, they were good. The opening sequence yeah. was good. Like the uh, and, and some of the effect shots were great. Like the, that intro of the invisible jet and like flying through the fireworks. That was fucking gorgeous. And like a yep. nice romantic moment between uh, Diana and Steve. And generally speaking, they they like you said, like they they captured that, you know, that chemistry again he she clearly has a massive crush on him like just like <laughs> the way he looks at her is the way i look at wendy's food you know what i mean like she's in love she's in love 
with that man. He's a slab <laughs> of beef to her, maybe, but like she's in love with him because yeah. who wouldn't be? I'm in love with Captain Kirk. So yeah, actually, I'm more in love with Dr. McCoy in the <laughs> Kelvin verse, really. But that's just me. And and I thought that the fight scene in the White House hallways was decently well done as well. <laughs> that one was that one was OK. Yeah. And that was in the trailers. But it feels like a more like a practical kind of like fight. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it never really ever like elevates itself above like a Netflix Marvel show fight, though. You know what I mean? Like that fight's not yeah. better than any of the hallway fights in Daredevil or anything like that. It's just like it's 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 fine. It's it's decently choreographed. And, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like that one's fine. Yeah. OK, I'll give you that one. <sighs> the final like fight between like furry cheetah and Diana was I'd say 80% solid. The other 20% that's not is pretty bad. Hot garbage, yeah. <laughs> but the the 80% of it that is good was done pretty well. Like Cheetah was like seriously like fucking savage and relentless and just going after. And like that's what I want <laughs> to see like in a, you know, real real life quote unquote version of Cheetah. Except it was the problem I had with it was it was the same fight that Spider-Man has with Electro and Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's yeah, almost well, beat mean- for yeah. It's almost beat for beat the same fight they have in that movie, which is just like, all right, we've seen this before, so <laughs> whatever. Whatever. What else? Um, I mean, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot is still like great in that role, embodies the character very well of Diana. It's just in this case, it's in a fucking script that's just god awful, all all over the goddamn place. I thought that they did a decent job of capturing the '80s aesthetic, uh, and I I wonder if. I'd have to like sit down and put the time together. I was wondering if like, you know, the popularity of stranger things made them think like, Oh yeah, let's do our next one. Definitely set it in the eighties. Cause there's the eighties are fucking having a moment right now. Kind of thing. Probably. And like, I feel like it also, it gave them the easy excuse of like, they don't have to mention anybody in the justice league by doing it this way. You know what I mean? Like there's no like, Oh, they're having a giant global catastrophe. We're a Superman question. Like I don't, I don't have to ask myself that question because yeah. this is before Kal-El comes to Well, He's probably on earth ish. Except, by now yeah except it but, fucking also generates a massive plot hole which we'll get to and i found like some of the 80s shtick was funny like the whole steve trevor fashion show kind of thing like like okay that was fun like it yeah, was cute was yeah fun. but yeah. that's just because they're so good together you know what yeah. i mean like they have the, like they have the little chemistry where you're like oh i like watching these two act across yeah. from each other it's fun i think like half of what i liked about this movie was just its heart which it really is yeah it really is uh chris pine and gal gadot and I write down on the fact, like, I appreciate that Diana ended up using, like, sort of Steve's memory of and, and his, you know, his memory of flying to learn how to fly. Like, you know, what he thinks about when he's flying to learn how to fly herself. Still doesn't explain how a man from 1918 can fly a fucking jet from 1984. <laughs> the last thing he flew had, like, sticks and shit powering the fucking flaps. Like, yeah. I, him, I, him powering I up a jet and, and flying it was like... We got to hand wave some stuff here because but yeah. like I, I just like that as an emotional beat because, you know, the fact that her using his memory to learn to fly herself, like, you know, showed that even though that she did have to give him up, he would live on every time she takes to the skies or whatever. Like, I'm I'm OK with that. Uh, okay. as, yeah. And I mean, just ultimately, overall, it was a pretty hopeful movie in the end, which I think is was something that was sorely needed in this year it just took its fucking time to get to the point (laughs) (sighs) and i like the fucking kingdom come golden armor i i have a soft spot for that armor and i thought they did a good job of of uh realizing that in live action and i i loved that 
Linda Carter. Uh, yeah, 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 I like Linda Carter. Great. I actually didn't hate Kristen Wiig in this either. Uh, I thought she was pretty good in this. Yeah, when they gave her something to work with, she was yeah. all right. But they yeah, when she wasn't doing just like the comedy beats at the beginning, where she's yeah. just like clearly doing the like her bumbling SNL routine or whatever. Yeah. Um, and she actually got to do some stuff and like you know like when she confronts the rapist guy and stuff, I was like, oh, I like she's she's really good at this shit. Like I'm having like I believe her in this role. Fantastic. So I had a good like I liked her leaps and bounds like i like gal gadot and chris pine the best obviously and then like kristen wake's pretty good and then pedro pascal i was like just <laughs> like eight points below just stick with mando brother you know what i mean <laughs> like you're so good under the fucking helmet just stay well, there he's, he's a good fucking dramatic actor as well like um he was i think really he, good you want to know why tim it's probably because he read the fucking script and was like this is a piece of shit so i'm just gonna fucking he's shatter this because because what do you what do good actors do when they get into shitty scripts jeremy irons and fucking Dungeons and Dragons. See what you can get away with. And this is that's that's what happened here. Is this is like Pedro Pascal just being like, yeah, I wonder what I can get away with. Ham it the fuck up. And he got away with it like crazy because apparently nobody said shit to him because that's all he does through the whole movie. So like, kudos I guess for getting paid to have a lot of fun. <laughs> but like, oh, it was a lot, a lot. And he's in like a lot of this movie. Like it's more his movie, almost more his movie than it is Wonder Woman's movie. He seems like he's in like every scene. So. Yeah. I don't know. Um, what else did you like? Did I like? Uh, I mean, like, again, like, yeah, Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, great. I like the idea of being in the 80s. I like that idea. See, it's all ideas that I like that the movie yeah. presents. Like, the idea of Wonder Woman being hiding in the 80s and still kind of being a superhero and, like, that kind of stuff is fun. And, like, her working at the museum, they, I would have wanted to see more of that expanded because, like, what does she do at the museum aside from just wander around and be the most glamorous, beautiful archaeologist I've ever seen in my life that's not <laughs> named Lara Croft? I don't know. And then what else did I like? It wasn't even shot well. I can't even give it, like, oh, it's shot well because it was kind of like, it felt kind of like TV. You know what were, I mean? And that's yeah. one of my gripes where like it just Again, it felt it was uneven. There were parts yeah. of it that were shot really beautifully, and then there were parts yeah. of it that were just like, yeah, shot like a fucking like CW TV CW. Show. Like some of it looked like Supergirl. Like I was watching it and I was like, this feels like an episode of Supergirl, which is fine because I like super like I liked that show for the like what I watched of it. But that's not I'm not I mean, and like we didn't pay for it or whatever the fuck. So like I wouldn't have if I'd seen this in a theater, I'd be like, Why did I pay money to see an episode of Supergirl that just had Gal Gadot <laughs> in it, I guess. <laughs> basically so like i don't know like i liked what they were trying to do with it i liked the tone of it like that fun like a little bit more fun versus what the rest of the dcu has tended to be like it's yeah. not as dour even like i just watched wonder woman the original like the first one that movie's fucking gloomy as shit like it still has that like Zack snyder like desat everything's dark and it's world war one yeah, and it's fucking world war one that's so like really make a super fun no movie. no no <laughs> and agreed one. agreed Guess what though? That movie's more fun than this one is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. Argument, Trust me, it's yeah. a, it's a it's a more fun watch than this one is. So <laughs> this is just frustrating. Like Yeah. A lot of noise. I don't know. I had I have very little that I was like super into in this. I was like, I really like looking at Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. Kristen Wig is fine in this. Everybody else, like, I don't know. Yeah. Blah. All right. Well, then let's let's get into gripes then, because I feel uh, like we're gonna fine. <laughs> first, first gripe: she raped a dude, and like I don't know if we flipped. If that was Superman, if you flipped that, the fucking world would be on fire right now. <laughs> yeah, there's it's so much problem 
with with that. Whole like thing. legit, if you flipped the genders on that fucking scenario, like if that was Superman and they yeah. body bump some woman to be like with Lois's spirit again, the world would be on fucking fire right now. And as yeah. it is, a lot of people are complaining about this as it is, but like, wow, who only did one draft on this script? Cause yeah. that's like, that's the biggest complaint about this movie is like, I've, I've described scenes that I, a fucking layman, I'm like, I know how to streamline that scene. And it happens like six times throughout the movie. We're like me, who's just read a bunch of books and gone to school a couple times to study film, was like, uh, you can cut all this shit and like streamline this and probably chop a half an hour out of this way too long movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was at the script level. It's like they shot the first fucking draft. It's horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, don't I agree. I, th- I think it was overlong. It was uh, kind of scattered. It needed additional editing. It probably needed a couple more script passes. Uh there were definitely some fucking effect shots that needed a couple more passes as well. Although and they had an extra year. Even, like they had an extra year. It's super, that, and that's probably even more frustrating than anything else. It's like it's been sitting in a can for a year. Why aren't you like, working well, on this shit? About what in like May or something like that? So like five or six months at least. Come on, man. In five or six months, what would the Marvel guys do in between? You know what I mean? Like they're not just sitting on it. Somebody's like yeah, refining it's, it's the whole time. It's that like they just sat on it. Like they didn't yeah. bother to to uh, you know look back at it and be like, oh, hey, maybe we can, you know, clean this up a little bit or something like that. It's just like, now we spent all it's the money. Done. Like, and I, I maybe, I don't know whose decision that is. I don't know if it's, you know, Warner saying like, now we put all the money we want to in this thing. Like we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're probably not even going to get the money that we put into it. So yeah. we're not putting another dollar towards this, whether it was Patty Jenkins being like, nah, I'm happy with it. How it is like, I don't want it. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Could you imagine? I wouldn't be happy with this. If not, I put this out after the, the job that she did on the first one. Yeah. I would be, I'd be embarrassed to put this out if I were her after mm-hmm. the first one. Like the first one's so good. So. This is a mess. Just um, a horrible mess. What else do I hate? Oh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer treatment, like the mousy glasses I'm thing. So, I'm so over that. Like, like that, I am that over is, it. That is Cheetah's comic book origin. But I, I'm just, absolutely I'm over. I'm over that superhero trope or that. Do it better. Trope especially. Do yeah, it exactly. better. Update it. You know, fucking yeah. spin on it. Like we don't we've had enough of those fucking uh, types of characters. Oh, and I guess and like I know we brought it up during the plot thing, but like the the whole sketchiness of their relationship aside, the fact that he she's still moping after him sixty years down the road, I, like after I mean, a week, it's so it's just, uh, you know, I don't know, it just doesn't I, work for me. I get it that like they're supposed to be one of those you know immortal couples of comic books kind of thing, right? And I mean they've had you know their their whole will they won't they thing in the comics for yeah plenty of plenty of time as well so i mean i guess as me as a dc fan it's easier for me to buy into that but i can understand how somebody that's not as familiar with the comics would be like yeah this feels forced yeah well i'm not a wonder woman guy so like like it felt forced to me my big thing is just just max lord overall like i'm totally cool with the concept of Max Lord as like an oil tycoon, as a heavy-handed Trump stand-in, you know, a television personality who's a total fraud in reality. Like, I, I love the idea of capitalism as a villain. Like, that's what I want to see on TV right now. Because, yeah, like, but, it uh, is. On, on, in movies and shit. But I just wasn't buying Pedro Pascal's performance. And no. I don't know how much of that is him and how much of that is just a fucking bad, like, his just bad writing. Um, but he just, it just didn't, the movie didn't really sell it to me. He didn't play the arch very well. And then 
my other fucking major gripe is basically what ends up becoming Pedro Pascal or Max Lord is the fucking Dreamstone. Like they never adequately explain how it works. And when they have, whenever they do, they fucking break their own rules like five minutes later. Like they never tell us why Lord is getting sicker. The more people like wish on him or whatever. It just it, fucking movies like this have to have parameters that are set. And then the rest of the movie works within those parameters. It doesn't fucking like all the stakes are gone. If you just fucking wipe out all those parameters, you know, at every fucking two scenes or some shit like that. Okay. Script. The stone, yeah. Script. Script. The stone when it's when it's the stone, we're told that the stone generally takes what people like truly cherish, quote unquote. Okay, fine. But you don't fucking stick to that because then Lord is like, all right, now I get to decide what it is I take from you and in, in because you wished on me. Like, fucking rules just out the fucking window there. Again, Barbara gets fucking two wishes on the stone. She gets to wish on the stone and then wish on Max Lord. Like, just because Lord has become the stone now means that she gets another wish. Fuck that. Why doesn't it work when Lord's son wishes for his dad to come back? Why don't any of fucking... What's his fucking name? Alistair's wishes work. How can you... How did you forget his name? (laughs) He screams it 600 times. And I, it's, I fucking enraged me so much that they were like, oh yeah, satellites. So you can touch all these people at the same time. Like, fuck (sighs) off so hard with that. In the comics, Max Lord has mind control powers. He's menacing as fuck. He has like nosebleeds when he uses those powers. Obviously they pulled that from this. I just, I think they could have made a much better fucking movie by just sticking to that version of Max Lord. Is that the version that Wonder Woman breaks his fucking neck at the end of it? Because I would have yeah. w- wouldn't have minded watching that scene yeah. also at the end of this piece of shit. So. Yeah, well, in that story, he's taken over Superman and is using yeah. Superman to like you know just wreak havoc on the world because Superman thinks that he's fighting like Doomsday and a bunch of his other like biggest villains, and then Wonder Woman decides like the only way that she can stop him is by breaking his neck. Like that is such a more. I mean, yes, it's more Snydery then this is for sure. It's not the fun story that this is, but like that's a much better fucking Max Lord story to adapt into a movie. Sorry. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about that after (laughs) having sat through this piece of shit twice. So (laughs) there you go. This generates a huge fucking pothole in Batman V Superman and justice league because quite fucking obviously Diana is public by this point. No. And and then, and then, and then what? 25 years later, whatever, 30 years later, like they they just act like she's a fucking myth. Um, yeah. So the movie's a piece of shit, Tim. <laughs> and like the lasso just randomly allows Diana to communicate with people through it now because she wrapped it around Max Lord's leg. This feels like end of Superman one, like Dick Donner being like, Hey, can he just fly around the r- world real quick and like <laughs> turn everything backwards? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's Superman. I guess he can do anything, but like, do we want to do that? It doesn't matter. We just need to get it. All right, fine. Yeah. And like the plot itself was predictable as fuck. Like, okay, we have something you can wish on. It's a fucking monkey's paw movie. Great. Like, I I know where this is all, all of this is going now. You know, I, I knew as soon as like, it was like, oh, you can wish on this and you know, you'll get whatever you want that Diana was wishing that Steve came back and then. I mean, you know, because we already fucking saw Steve comes back in the trailer. It's all it's how Barbara ends up as Cheetah, all that. 
I have to admit, I never fucking would have guessed that Max Lord was like, I want to be you, Stone. Because that's fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Most of this was kind of dumb, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I'm legit looking at like a list of the DCEU movies and I'm like, where does this fall? And I'm like, man, you know what the problem with this is? Most of these movies are fucking awful. It's definitely like, I, I definitely Aqu- like, like more when Aquaman, Suicide Squad. When Aquaman <laughs> and Birds of Prey are somehow your two best fucking movies, somehow, <laughs> like, mm, anyway. Yeah, I'd have to give like a good think as to whether I. I like I think I like Batman v Superman more than this. <laughs> it's right at the bottom with Batman v Superman right now as I'm putting this list together. I'm trying to figure it oh, out. Suicide Squad I think deserves to be below both of those. The the Oscar the Oscar winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> Suicide Squad's got Margot Robbie in it, but I'm like, wait, wait, wait this is this one's got Gal Gadot in it. So like I don't yeah. know. I don't know. So is Batman v Superman. Yeah, what a fucking mess. Not having Barbara become the full-on like human cheetah hybrid until the last 20 minutes of the movie, I'm sure is a budgetary constraint, but also seems like a missed opportunity. Like it's yeah. such a striking image when it's done right. Yeah, they weren't going to I'm happy with how the way they did it in this because they kept her out of that shot, which probably would have looked terrible given the effects of this movie. Yeah. Instead, we got like shitty punk cheetah for like an hour of the movie. <laughs> I don't know. I was into it, but that's fine. And then, holy shit, like, yes, sometimes the cheetah effects look good. The fucking makeup that they did on Kristen Wiig was so bad. Yeah, it's not. Uh... Like, and the problem is, like, when you do these, like, extreme close ups on, like, Ultra HD, yeah. and it's more like I'm looking at a cake of makeup. It looks more like icing on a person's face. And I was like, I don't think Kristen Wiig needs that much fucking she help. Needed, does she? She, needed <laughs> she needed a prosthetic fucking like cat nose or whatever, right? Yeah. Like to, you know, because it's it was very much like cat, 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 human face with some makeup and that's it kind of thing. Like there definitely oh, needed to be some effects or prosthetics or whatever on her face to go with like the cat body or whatever. Um, yeah, janky effects, that fucking shot of her swinging down to pick up the kids on the road was fucking terrible. Yeah, it's just, and that is like one of, meant to be one of, if not the movies, like big set pieces, action set pieces, and it just doesn't work. It just fucking falls flat. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I think to me, a lot of the action fell flat. Um, That was the biggest, like the, the caravan scene was like the biggest, yeah. like, outlier but even like the cheetah fight i was like this is not really holding like because there was like every third shot was shit you know what i mean it was like what i was talking about earlier we're like overall like it's fine but like every couple shots there's like a jank shot there's every couple shots there's a jank shot in the cheetah fight and it was taking me out of it yeah i was breaking the immersion a little bit and then i and especially when i started realizing they're kind of having the same bouncing around poles fight that they had an amazing spider-man 2 and then i was like oh wait this is terrible like and it was terrible when I saw it in that terrible movie. And it's even worse now that I'm seeing it in this terrible movie. Like, At least there wasn't a giant electricity face. I'd have taken it at this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> at least they got... I mean, like, the one thing I could say about the uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Wonder Woman 2 have in common is that they both have the best on-screen representations of each hero's costume in it. That's the only thing I can give both these movies. I yeah. like this, the brighter Wonder Woman costume, because I love the, the Snyderverse... 
the DCEU Wonder Woman costume, but it's always yeah. so muted. Now that it's nice and poppy and bright, I'm like, oh, now it looks like the Wonder Woman costume. I'm on board. Yeah. And that is the perfect Todd McFarlane Spider-Man or like Mark Bagley Spider-Man in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And I was always like, oh, man, this is the worst Spider-Man movie of all time, but it's the best Spider-Man suit they've ever done. <laughs> God damn it. You know, I know I said back when we talked about uh, 2017 Wonder Woman, like I, I appreciate you know, having a female director on a Wonder Woman movie and like Patty Jenkins making the conscious decisions not to treat Diana as a sex object and like not to do like lingering close ups on her tits or ass and shit like that. And all that carries through to this. So, yep. you know, I all of those stylistic choices, you know, she sticks to in this and I'm perfectly happy with that. But it's just, you know. You can make as many stylistic choices as you want, but on top of a garbage script that just doesn't make any fucking sense, doesn't make a whole lot of, doesn't, doesn't do much. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you have any other gripes? I feel like we've griped a lot. Uh, (laughs) I feel like your soul is drained at this point. I'm so it was. I I really wanted to like this movie too. Like I I was looking forward to this because like I really liked the last one. Even though, like, again, the third act really falls apart on that on rewatch. But like, the first like half of that movie is so much fun. It's my big beef was like the relationship stuff. Like, first of all, her still moping around about him that just ugh drives me nuts for women and as a man. I was like both sides. I'm like it just seems makes women seem like I can never get over the one love of my life. Ah." And then for men, it's like I like what no man in history is good enough to even peak wonder woman's interest in 80 years i'm just like that's fabulous you know waiting for bruce wayne to show up i don't feel like i feel like it's more like that she's so up in her head that she's just not willing to give anybody a chance you know that she has this uh, idealized you know image of steve in her head and just you know feels like she's had love and will never have it again kind of thing rather i don't know like there's nobody out there that could possibly satisfy her i kept seeing it compared to steve rogers and uh agent carter right Mm -hmm. But I was like, <laughs> Agent Carter dying lonely, but she doesn't in the end. But that's the thing, like, it doesn't track the same way because Steve was asleep when he wakes up. So, like, it was the next day he wakes up, he's still in love with that girl, right? So that tracks okay because it's the next day to him, right? Not 80 years later. Like, yeah. that just makes her seem kind of pathetic, really, overall. I'm just going to say it. it makes her seem kind of sad, <laughs> which, like, she's Wonder Woman. She shouldn't be, you know? Like, she should be better. She's supposed to be better than us. Well, and this is also so, like, something, like, they've never really played with this idea in the comics of, like, a Wonder Woman that has been around since, the, you know, and, and been infatuated with that same person. Like, it's because it's comic books with the sliding timeline. It's, you know, yeah. just, you know, continue to make Steve Trevor the same age same approximate age or whatever is as Diana is. So yeah, I don't know. It's just something that, you know, they're because they're dealing here and trying to make this cohesive uh, continuity that they're having to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole thing, the whole body jumping thing, like that, I just want to reiterate one last time how, how weird that whole thing is. It's, it's the, like, it's the subject of so many like dystopian like sci-fi movies and shit like that or like horror movies or whatever. Right. Where like, it's like dollhouse. It's yeah, dollhouse or, where, or, or like fucking revenge of the body snatchers or whatever. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, it's fucking pod people, right? It's like, you think you're with somebody and you're actually with somebody else. And there's fucking weird questions about consent and all that tied in with yeah. it. And 
Yeah. It, it just took me, that took me right out of the movie. Like that was where the movie just kind of fell apart for me where I was like, I, as much as all this stuff is kind of working for me and like, I liking like their chemistry and all this other stuff. At that point I was like, it's already that that's always in the back of your head. That's always in the back of my head. She's the least heroic person in this movie because of that to me. You know what I mean? Like Cheetah becomes more of a hero in this movie to me than she is because she's basically just like, I don't care that that guy, we killed that guy to get you back. And now I'm totally going to fuck you with his body too. And that, so that's it's like doubly weird. You know what I mean? Like they just keep, and they compound it. Like they keep bringing you back I, into yeah. his apartment and stuff. And like mentioning that they're doing this as opposed to just like, it's something they could have very easily just been like, he's yeah. just back. Whoops. Chris Pine's back. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like it's something that, there. Yeah. That they could have. They didn't have to easily. do this. But well, because the, the stone obviously has the power to make shit uh, just appear, to make things appear out of, out of nothing because that's what it does with the nukes. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. why can't it just make Steve Trevor appear out of nothing? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and Suppose, I mean, it's, like, it's also oh. the sort of thing that if, if they had wanted to do it in like this body snatchy kind of way, it's something that they could have addressed pretty easily in like a two minute scene or something like that, where Steve says that, you know, he can sense the dude that's inside him and he's okay with it or whatever. Or you could, you know, he could sense the dude's like soul phrasing. <laughs> I don't let that even that even then that like that's okay, terrible maybe. too. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Like that I just <sighs> let's get out of here. And it's weird because I'm, done. This, I'm it's, done. It's one of those movies that has been very divisive. I've seen a lot of people that have been like, Yeah, I saw it, I loved it. You know, I, I was really happy with it. I don't understand what all the hate hate is. And then I've seen other people who are just like, Yeah, it's just not great. And, and and it's not one of those ones where I've seen like people complain about shit that is, you know, thinly veiled like sexism or something like that. It's just people saying like, yeah, it's just the script's not great. And unfortunately, I have to agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. All right. Well, what is your score out of 10 and final thoughts for Wonder Woman 1984? It's tough, right? Because I wanted to like this a lot. So I was going in very enthusiastically but it just shits the bed so hard that i'm like it's at best like a three out of ten kind of situation for me like maybe five just like it's average at best but like i would have said five out of ten if they didn't have the weird body jumping thing that just really like it dragged me out of the movie so hard like because they do this shit in star trek and like it's all about the morality of the situation like what's going on with the like yeah like all this shit right and i'm like i've seen this story done so many times in this kind of fiction that we can't just like ignore it because diana's getting her bone on like (laughs) i I can't like i want to watch gal gadot and chris pine make out because i just do but like at the same time i'm still in the back of my head being like yeah but in reality that's cgi guys body that they're doing that with and like he didn't have any say in that and like that's that's not okay yeah none of this is okay right so it yeah that so that bumps it down another couple points where i'm just like yeah this is a piece of shit and like it's a piece of shit sorry i'm not quite as down on it as you are i mean i you know obviously i'm a dc fan so i really did want to like it i think i feel like if you go any it, fucking higher than five, you're being way too easy on this movie. I think movie. it's a six out of ten for me. Yeah, you're being too easy on this movie. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, even that hurts me as a DC fan, just because it is really uneven. It feels unfinished in a number of ways in terms of plot, in terms of editing, in terms of some of the effects. But I had fun with parts of it. It has a good amount of heart, but it was definitely disappointing compared to what I was hoping for after having waited for it for so long. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe part of it is, you know, just that, this is the first like big 
genre fucking movie that we've gotten to see or like comic book movie we've gotten to see since I would say that except for that plot point would have taken me out of it if I saw this in May when I was supposed to you know what I mean like if I saw this movie in May I still would have been like I think she was raping a guy (laughs) like that's kind of weird why is Wonder Woman raping anybody (laughs) who's not willingly having sex with Wonder Woman is what I'm trying to ask here guys (laughs) basically because she looks like Gal Gadot and like everybody would nobody's that gay right paul where are we here (laughs) uh all right well with that you know if you yeah it's just it's it's unfortunate but if you liked it great we're not trying to fucking yuck your yum but just was not for us apparently this time so with that we can move on to our final segment which is geek cred where we just recommend something for you to check out uh mark what's your geek cred for this week I don't really have a geek cred this week. I want to say Transformers. And I wanted to say Wonder Woman, but I can't even say it. Actually, you know what? Wonder Woman. 2017. <laughs> don't bother watching the sequel. Just well, watch the, the Carter movie. ones are on uh, HBO Max now. Are they? The That's fun. That's fun. I would watch that again. I like looking at Linda Carter in that outfit. Like, yeah, they dumped all those uh, right just before, I think, uh, Wonder Woman. That's cool. I grew up watching that show. That show was on TV when I was growing up. I saw a lot of it. So, yeah, I could see that. But, yeah, no, uh, like, uh, Earthrise was good, actually. So, like, if you didn't hate the last one, go for it, basically. Uh, Tim has to watch it because he has I to. <laughs> I will. But, uh, no, like, other than that, not really much i want to recommend fair enough oh follow me on instagram mt underscore will and then uh, buy a print buy a print blackgraingallery.com my geek cred for this week is a comic that was one of the things i was most looking forward to this year and finally the first issue came out after it was sort of like pushed back and resolicited i think around the time that comics went away for like a month and a half or something like that yeah like in march or whatever yeah it was um the other history of the dc universe which is a dc black label title that's in magazine format it is written by john ridley the layouts are by uh, giuseppe Camancoli, and the finishes by andrea cucci the first issue is out now and it retells the story of like the 70s version of black lightning like kind of the version that ended up on the outsiders and everything, but in a way that pays a lot more attention to the like social and racial issues of the sixties and seventies. So it plays off that a lot more deeply. It's dense. It's written basically all as a narrative by Jefferson Pierce, black lightning uh, with sort of these like backsplash kind of images. It's text heavy, but it is powerful reading. The way they're doing it is, um, I can't remember how many issues is, I think at least three or four. But the next issue will focus on a different set of black characters. It'll focus on Vox and Bumblebee from the Teen Titans. So they're, they're kind of doing this same idea where they're going back to these stories and sort of reframing them, telling them from those characters' point of view, like with kind of their internal monologue to give some interesting insights into, you know, sort of what it was like to be living as a black person in those time periods. So I definitely recommend that you check it out. Cool. All right. With that, we can finish off this episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you uh, would like to tell us what you thought of Wonder Woman 1984, maybe you think we're being way too hard on it and you loved it uh, and you can tell us why you can do that at, uh, or maybe you agree with us and that it is a flaw. Drizzling shits. Just the drizzling (laughs) shits. (laughs) That's one way of saying flawed. (laughs) (laughs) 
you can tell us what you thought of Wonder Woman uh, 1984 or anything that we talked about tonight on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. You can tweet at us at drndia underscore podcast. You can send us an email at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. And if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or most places that podcast can be found so with that we'll say good night mark alistair 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 and uh this is tim oh, and i'll be riding my invisible jet off into the sun off through some pretty fireworks into the sunset are you is somebody gonna body jack alicia what's going on <laughs> i don't know no, what's no but i'm gonna but i'm gonna reach over and grab uh, steve trevor's stick i mean i would <laughs> i'm still recording that's good <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Have a good one, guys.